0: Fans to the first edition of the Opponents Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dario and I am the football analyst here at Irish Breakdown. Notre Dame is coming off an incredibly crazy offseason that has actually culminated in the playing of a football game on Saturday, if you can believe it. And their opponent this Saturday will be the Duke Blue Devils. They are coming to town to open the season and ACC play. Yes, that is right. Opening conference play for the first time in the history of Notre Dame football. So this game will kick off at 2.30 in the afternoon and will be televised by NBC unless you are a student, a faculty member, or a member, a family member of somebody on the team. So the rest of us will all be watching on NBC starting at 2.30. With me today to talk about the Blue Devils of Duke is Sean Crest of Blue Devil Country, which is a member of the Sports Illustrated family as we are here at Irish breakdown Sean how are you doing today sir
1: I'm doing well I'm ready for football I'm glad that uh, wasn't sure we were gonna make it but I'm glad that <laughs> now it seems like it seems like it's a done deal at least for one week
0: scary isn't it I mean I, <laughs> I I don't know if I thought we were gonna get here to be I was always positive but man I it almost seems feels like it snuck up on us a little bit too so let's see what it looks like on Saturday that's um, right. So yeah. So anyway, uh, let's find out about Duke. So the first thing I want to ask before we kind of jump into the Duke program is, this is a weird year, obviously. What has the reception been like among the Duke fan base about, you know, Notre Dame being in the conference and, you know, Duke gets to usher them into their first conference game ever? what's What's the pulse been like for the fan base?
1: I think in general, the idea of Notre Dame joining the league, even if it's just for one year, uh, has been a positive. Uh, I know that when Notre Dame first had this arrangement, the scheduling arrangement with the ACC a few years ago, uh, that was very exciting, very different. It's kind of become old hat now. We're going through the second, third, fourth time through that cycle. Uh, So this is something new. Uh, to see them as a full-fledged conference member they're used to it in basketball they're used to it in the other sports and they're kind of wondering when this is going to happen for football I think both at Duke and just throughout North Carolina and the rest of the ACC uh, they're kind of looking at this as a dress rehearsal maybe if everything goes well we can convince them to do this on a longer term Uh, so I think that's that's kind of the attitude from the rest of the conference going in.
0: Fair enough I it's from our end, it is very strange, you know, saying, oh, well, the non-conference opponent is next week and things of that <laughs> nature. It's just not not the verbiage we're used to saying, that's for sure. Uh, so right. let's, talk, let's talk about this team. Uh, as I mentioned, crazy offseason, uh, you know, limited practice time, not much of a spring, obviously. I think Notre Dame had one practice. Uh, I'm not sure what Duke got, but I'm sure it wasn't much more than that. Um, so – how has David Cutcliffe handled everything up to this point in the offseason and, and into fall camp?
1: It's it's a concern because David Cutcliffe, obviously one of the more longer longer tenured coaches in college football. He's been there 13 years. I think there's three other coaches that have been there that long. And you're worried with, with an older coach like that, is he going to be able to handle these changes? Uh, but he seems to have handled it right in stride. He picked up Zoom right away. He was talking about how they were meeting almost from the outset. As soon as they weren't allowed to be on campus, they, they had the Zoom set up and they were doing daily meetings, daily check-ins with the players. Uh, before they closed campus, they were able to send out care packages to the players to make sure that they had equipment that they would need to work out. Uh, the nutritional supplements that they were used to having they, at a fingertips when they're working out on campus, uh, making sure that they had what they need to get through at least part of the summer. Obviously, he didn't know how long it was going to last. but. They were very organized, very disciplined. The same way Duke is on the field, it seems like they were off the field in preparing for this pandemic. Uh, And I think they came back, everybody was in shape. There haven't been any of those soft tissue injuries that we've seen going around. Haven't been any of the outbreaks that uh, two of their neighbors right here in the Research Triangle in North Carolina had, NC State uh, and UNC both had to cancel practice, hold things up because of outbreaks. Uh, Duke has taken things right in stride. So they were one of the last teams to come back to campus. Uh, They wanted to make sure they got it right once they got there. And I think they've done a good job of that. Very disciplined approach. Uh, It's kind of fitting that Notre Dame, with no positive cases, is facing Duke, who's had no positive cases. Two of the teams that handled it right uh, will be kicking off the season.
0: Well, and I mean, everything's uncharted territory. And so it sounds like the Blue Devils have been doing it the right way, which is fantastic, because that's what you worry about, obviously, going into the season. Are your opponents also going to be, you know, handling their business the right way and 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 you know, we've gotten reports from other schools that may not be the case. So it's, it's great to hear that, that Duke is following protocols and they're doing what they need to do. And we've got two teams that are going to meet that don't have any positive cases. So that, that's a great sign, at least as of Wednesday when we're, uh, we're doing this, right? So right. fingers crossed that everything stays the same way. <laughs> but uh, l- let's talk a little bit on the field. I mean, we talked about uncharted territory. Duke has a, a transfer quarterback uh, in their midst, Chase Bryce from Clemson. Uh, Those who aren't aware of who he is, he's the guy that came off the bench and helped Clemson beat uh, Syracuse in 2018, uh, kind of comeback victory there. Uh, It was uh, mostly Travis Etienne, I think, but uh, somebody had to pull the trigger, and and that was Chase Bryce. But he's transferred over to Duke, and I believe he has won the quarterback battle. Um, What do you expect from uh, Mr. Bryce? Have you had a chance to kind of get a feel for how things have been going so far in camp?
1: Uh, things seem to have been going really well. He's uh, he's obviously got got the talent. Uh, Coach Cutt has talked about his arm talent. He's talked about his accuracy. Uh, the biggest problem with Bryce and the reason they didn't make the quarterback decision until the end of last week uh, really is his unfamiliarity with the system, uh, that he had a different system at Clemson. They tried to do what they could. They sent him as much information as they could, but because he was a graduate transfer, Uh, They couldn't really officially do anything with him until after he graduated and got that Clemson degree. And of course, by that time, we're right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, which set things back even further. So when he got to campus, he'd done everything he could on his own, but he'd really had no in-person coaching on that system. So it took him a while to get up to speed. Uh, But once he did that, I I think it was very clear that he was going to be the the choice of quarterback. Uh, And it should make a substantial difference uh, for the Duke offense. If you remember the game last year against Notre Dame, uh, it's tough to say the offense is the problem when they gave up 38 points, but really the problem in that game was – The offense couldn't stay on the field. I think they had three first downs. Uh, They converted three third downs out of 16 in the game, Uh, and that was a problem all season long, just three and outs for the offense where they couldn't get anything, uh, any type of rhythm going. So they're hoping that Bryce will help with that. The other big change on the offense that they hope will help is that Coach Cutcliffe is taking a more active role in play calling. Uh, he's going to be – he's been hands-on with the quarterbacks, and he's going to be the one calling the plays from the sidelines. Uh, and to a man, they've all said that that's been a substantial difference, uh, both in terms of what they're doing and just the attitude out there on the field.
0: Well, I think the respect level from an offensive standpoint uh, for Coach Cutcliffe is, you know, across college football. I mean, hes he's got a great offensive mind. Obviously, he's tied to the Mannings and, and what they – were able to accomplish, et cetera. So having him take over the play calling duties and being more involved in the offense has got to be a positive for Duke, no question about it. Uh, Talk a little bit about who's going to be catching the balls from Chase Bryce. Anybody stand out uh, there?
1: They've uh, got a, they had a young wide receiving core last year. They started a true freshman in their opening game against Alabama last year uh, in Jalen Calhoun. Uh, And now, and there were, I think, Three other true freshmen that caught balls last year, Uh, now they're all sophomores. They've all had that trial-by-fire year, uh, and they're all coming back. So it's still a very young receiving core, but it's a very talented one and and an experienced one, more experienced than you'd expect with a crew of sophomores out there. Uh, They also uncovered a diamond in the rough in Damon Philia Johnson, who's best known for uh, his return skills. He was an All-American return man last year and was All-ACC at return spot uh, but he's also going to be a playmaking wide receiver for them this year. So he's the most experienced in terms of years wide receiver out there. But, yeah, so they've got a lot of names you may not have heard of, but uh, some very skilled players that that you may have heard of by the end of this year uh, once they hook up with Chase.
0: Now, the, the offensive line that's going to be protecting uh, Chase it hit, got hit by the injury bug a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Probably one of the the better linemen in the group is out for the season, uh, I believe. It, kind of fill us in on, on that situation.
1: Yeah, that would be uh, their center, Jack Wallabaugh. He started off at Ohio State and transferred to Duke two years ago. He's been the starter for most of the last two years. Uh, he tore his knee ligaments. Uh, they're saying he's out indefinitely, but for all intents and purposes, that they're not going to see him this year, uh, especially with the free year of eligibility. Uh, I'm sure that they'll they'll work on just getting him right uh, to either go for the NFL or to come back next year for one more season. Uh, But so they have to replace him right now. Uh, the backup is Will Taylor, who's a fourth-year player. He's had his own knee problems. Uh, when he was a freshman, he was told that uh, he was probably done with football and his goal should be to walk again because of a severe knee injury that he had. Uh, and he's fought his way back uh, to the field. He started last year a couple of games when Wallabaugh went down. Uh, and he, everyone says he's more than capable of handling the job. The rest of the line, however, looks solid. It was, it was shaping up to be one of the strengths of the offense uh, before Wallabaugh's injury. Uh, they got Devery Hamilton, who was a uh, Stanford graduate transfer. He's shored up one tackle spot, uh, and that allowed them to move last year's tackle inside. They now have, uh, I think, six different linemen who have started games for Duke on the two-deep roster. So uh, that, that's pretty good coming into a season where they would lost a couple of starters from last year.
0: So, uh, the confidence in this offensive line, I would imagine, even with the injury, has got to be fairly high, and they're going to be opening up some holes for the run game, and there's some optimism there with the run game, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a little bit about who's going to be carrying the football for uh, the Blue Devils.
1: Uh, you're going to hear this a lot as we go through some of these positions for Duke. Uh, they have a lot of front-line talent, not a lot of depth at running back. Uh, Deion Jackson uh, is one of the top runners in the league. He was actually all ACC for all-purpose back uh, in the preseason ACC voting last year. Uh, he didn't win that again this year. I think they got rid of that category, actually, in the voting this year uh, for all-purpose back. But he, uh, he battled injuries last year. Uh, they had another running back, Bretan Brown, who battled injuries last year and then transferred. Uh, so now the job is his. Uh, and he will be, he'll be running the ball. He dominated the first scrimmage. He scored two touchdowns, the first scrimmage and the uh, linemen on both sides of the ball said he was just running over people uh, as he was going down the field. So uh, he, he looks like he's in mid season form already behind him. They have a couple of guys who have battled injuries each of the last two years. Uh, Mateo Durant, who's had a handful of carries and then a red shirt freshman who just got in for a little bit of time. So if anything happens to Jackson, they could be in trouble there. Uh, but, but right now they're putting all of their, all of their, shifts on Jackson.
0: So it sounds like the offense could be fairly balanced as long as the injury bug doesn't strike uh, which could be could be bad news for defenses in the ACC there's no question about that Um, and with the new quarterback you know calling the plays and and uh, and doing his thing should be a a fairly good offense there for Duke so uh, it should be very interesting to see how they operate in their first game out coming up here on Saturday Let's flip over to the other side of the ball, to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, kind of walk us through, front to back, uh, what you expect. Let's start with the, uh, the defensive line. What do you expect from the big, the big uglies up front?
1: All right. Uh, Chase Bryce is getting all the attention this year, but uh, the defense might be the strength of the team. Um, they have two of the better edge rushers in the ACC. Uh, Chris Rumpf II is coming off of one edge. He's a junior. Uh, he was just named an ESPN All-American today. Uh, he's one of the. He's probably the top NFL draft prospect on their roster. I think he's expected to go in the second round, uh, which in South Bend may not be that big of a deal, but it is a big deal when you're talking about a Duke defensive lineman. Uh, across from him is Victor DeMuch- uh, who is a fifth-year senior uh, and he's had double-digit sacks. Uh, so they've got yeah they've got two powerful rushers coming off the edge, and then they've got another senior who started in Drew Jordan. Uh, so they have kind of an embarrassment of rich, riches at the end spot. They're actually talking about moving either Damukay or Jordan inside at times to help fill some of the uh, some of the holes at defensive tackle. Uh, so the edge is one strength, and then giving them even more time to chase the quarterback will be uh, the secondary which is one of the more experienced in the league. I know that Brian Kelly was talking about the cornerbacks, saying that this might be uh, the best cornerback tandem that Notre Dame faces this year. Uh, they have two starters back from last year, and then they're adding to that an all-ACC corner who missed the last two seasons with a hip injury? In Mark Gilbert, uh, and supposedly his speed checks out. He's back to pre-injury levels in terms of speed and mobility. So they now have three former starters at the cornerback spot. They also have starters back at the, at um, at safeties. So definitely they're going to depend on uh, the secondary covering people, uh, giving the the two ends a chance to to chase the quarterback down. That's definitely the strength of the defense in the middle. Um, it's a little bit a little bit more concern in the middle. There's a lot of youth there. They've got promising players, but there are of the six defensive tackles listed on the depth chart, four of them are freshmen. Uh, and then they also have a similar youth problem at linebacker, One of their more experienced linebackers, fifth year senior, Brandon Hill, Uh, opted out of the season because of COVID. Uh, So they've had to replace him with a a redshirt freshman. Uh, So they're going to have some youth in the middle, which if you remember them trying to defend the run against Notre Dame last year, uh, could be a concern again this year with with a soft middle.
0: So the strength is in the front and the strength is in the back and it just depends that the big question mark for the Blue Devils is going to be in the middle, both at defensive tackle and at linebacker. Uh, So they're going to have to grow up pretty fast with a trip to South Bend uh, with in theory, a renewed—you uh, know—they really want to run the ball in South Bend. That's what—that's what we've heard. But of course, we haven't been able to see anything, and uh, we're all kind of going on everybody else's uh, word at this point. Um, have you guys gotten any access at all? I'm just curious as to how things are going down there.
1: No, we are um, not allowed on Duke's campus, actually. So wow. that's—and that—that's not just the media. That's actually the upperclassmen as well. The athletes had to get special permission to be allowed to live on campus because for right now uh, only the first two years of students are allowed to be on campus and everyone else is supposed to be taking remote classes so they had to get a waiver for their athletes in order to even have them go to campus to practice. Wow
0: that's even more locked down than Notre Dame is (laughs) so but that probably has something to do with the fact that they don't have any positive tests as well so that's right yes take what you can get right Um, so offense defense uh, little bit about special teams is there uh any spark plugs in the return game or uh you know the, the kicking game what are we looking at when it comes to special teams for duke
1: yeah Philial johnson who i mentioned in the wide receiver uh he had he, he's tied an ncaa record last year with two kickoff returns for a touchdown in one game uh that was against wake forest so he's he's expected to be the strength of the return game uh they're bringing in all new specialists other than that though they have um they still haven't decided on a punter. They've got the uh, traditional or for the depth chart. Uh, the depth <laughs> chart watchers are familiar with. They've got that for the punter. Uh, and then they've got a redshirt freshman kicker who they're breaking in. He battled, uh, he had leg soreness last week, but supposedly he'll be ready to go for the opener. That's Charlie Hamm, uh, the freshman who will be kicking for them.
0: Excellent. So again, it sounds like a balanced offense, a balanced defense. Uh, if Duke is going to come in and, and, and beat up on the Irish. What are some keys to that victory for the Blue Devils, in your opinion?
1: Uh, I think they have to reverse the script from that game down here in Durham last year. I think the offense needs to stay on the field. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's a fierce attacking defense. Uh, but it can wear out. And I think that's what we saw in last year's game is that the defense just being on the field for that long. And this was November after they'd been on the field that long most of the year uh, that they just they just wore out quickly. So I think that the offense needs to control the ball, uh, march it down the field and give the defense a chance to to rest so that when they go in there, they can go uh, like their hair is on fire. So I think that'll help. Last time Duke was in Notre Dame was 2016. Uh, they got a couple of timely kick returns that helped them to spring the upset that year. And I think anytime you can get a big play on special teams, I know that David Cutcliffe has has made his bones doing that. So I think they'll be looking for a big play on special teams uh, to help the offense then kind of uh, con- control things. Uh, I think that's the best way for Duke to to get out of South Bend with, with a chance of winning.
0: Uh, Now, Sean, tell me, are uh, are you going to be one of the very few media that comes in to South Bend, or are you going to be joining me watching them on NBC?
1: I I will be tuning in on NBC. I will be a COVID casualty for at least this first (laughs) week of the season. Uh, But, yeah, hopefully I'll be getting into some games as as we loosen things up throughout the season.
0: Oh, here's hoping, right? I'll tell you what, it's – it's going to be interesting. I haven't watched this many games on TV in a very, very long time. So it's going to be an adjustment, but, uh, Hey, it's football and we'll take it. There's no question about that. Exactly. But, Sean, I want to thank you for joining me on the opponent's insider podcast today. Would you let everyone know, uh, like your Twitter handle, how they can follow your work, your website, all that.
1: Sure thing. My Twitter handle is, at uh, Sean crest, S H A W N and then crest with a K. Uh, and then I'll, I'm at, uh, Blue Devil Country, which is the Sports Illustrated Maven site uh, that covers all things Duke Athletics. So you can find me there as well.
0: Awesome. Again, that is Sean Crest of Blue Devil Country as a part of the Sports Illustrated family, as we are here at Irish Breakdown. Next on Notre Dame's schedule is a home game against a non-conference home game against the Bulls of South Florida. So we'll preview the Bulls next Wednesday. So until then, thank you, everyone, for joining me on The Opponents Insider. All right, Sean. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. I apologize for being late earlier. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) My son had a football game and I'm hustling home and uh, you know how it goes. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much. Have a good one and uh, have a good season.